0: Firefox is one of those browsers that has kind of faded into the background, especially in the midst of Google Chrome, but some changes they're making to the browser may make it worth a second look. We're going to talk about this today and a whole bunch more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So when I first started building websites, I used Safari almost exclusively or Safari Pretty much for all of my web browsing habits, except for when I was trying to test out a website, I would jump back and forth between Safari and Firefox. One of the biggest reasons why I used Firefox as a browser at that time was that they had a whole bunch of dev tools, which were great. I think Firebug was one of those tools where you could go in there, you can inspect a website, you could pick it apart, you could test for bugs and all sorts of things, but... Flash forward to today, and I pretty much use Chrome for almost everything. Chrome has its own dev tools built into it, which are really nice to use. Uh, And it's a pretty good browser. It's pretty fast and solid. It's got a lot of extensions built into it now. But there's one big problem uh, across the web, and a lot of people share this concern, and it has to do with privacy. There's a lot of trackers and ad networks that exist on the web today that have become worse and worse over time because people are finding more and more, especially with companies like Google and with companies like Facebook, is that user data is everything. The more you know about a target customer, the more you can use that information to advertise to them, to sell products, and at the end of the day, to make money. But what this creates for us as web users, as end users, is a less and less uh, good or quality web browsing experience. So it's there's a, a study that came out recently that made it uh, that was testing a lot of different websites and was finding that on a number of the different websites that they were testing the about 55 percent of the page load time for these various websites, was due to trackers, to cookies, to things that are built into the website for no reason other than to collect and to use your information. And a lot of this comes down to the specific browsers as well as the websites that those browsers are visiting. Now, this problem has been around. It's not anything necessarily new, but it's becoming worse. So if you've ever gone to a news website, for example, and you've looked at the sidebar and you see ads showing up, to sites that you visited you're seeing that tracking in process uh, in you know it's it's happening live right there before your very eyes now there are some things that you can do to prevent this you can try an incognito window that helps to a degree but even that isn't necessarily guaranteed to actually solve the problem you may still see a number of these ads and these some of this tracking in process And it's very hard to get rid of now obviously if you read some of the fine print of most websites privacy policies they say that you are able to opt out of this uh this tracking of your information um but you have to do it manually you have to go into your browser you have to blacklist every single website from collecting your information and it's just a hassle and at the end of the day this is why we see a bunch of ads uh, that we don't want to see ads showing up in the middle of articles auto playing video and that sort of thing. Well, fortunately, there is actually a new version of Firefox that is tackling all of these problems. And it's one of those changes to a browser that is actually making it worth of a second look. I'm actually going to be testing out Firefox myself for a while. There's a lot of fundamental things that a web browser has to do for me personally for me to make the switch to it. There's a lot lot that that Google Chrome does for me right now, that Firefox would have to replace. However, these changes alone that they're making to privacy is going to make it worth uh, at least checking out for me. And here's some reasons why you might want to check it out yourself. So there's an article over in Fast Company that details some of the pieces to it. This, this article is actually called if you haven't already switched to Firefox, do it now. So it's by Cath, uh, Catherine Schwab. And it says this week Mozilla announced that it's Firefox browser will start blocking all cross site third party trackers. This is the cookies hiding in the background that follow your clicks across the web, reporting your activity to advertisers. As you move between websites, including these settings by default, is the best way to protect users from inadvertently giving third parties data about a user's behavior. Just as people tend not to read long privacy policies, they they also shouldn't be expected to change the settings to disable third party trackers on every single site they visit. As Mozilla's head of product strategy writes on Mozilla's blog, in the physical world, users wouldn't expect hundreds of vendors to follow them from store to store, spying on the products they look at or purchase. Users have, it, uh, users have the same expectations of privacy on the web, and yet in reality, they're tracked wherever they go. Trackers instituted, uh, instituted by the site you're visiting will remain in place. Trackers don't just track you. They also slow down download times for websites. Mozilla cites a study, and this is the one I referred to previously, a uh, study by the ad blocker Ghostry which found that 55% of the time required to load a website is spent loading third party trackers without these trackers sites would load faster making the overall user experience better Mozilla will be testing how much ad tra- or ha- uh, sorry Mozilla will be testing how much blocking trackers impacts load times in September if its approach to blocking trackers does not reduce load uh, does reduce Load time. It will roll out the same technology to f- uh, to regular Firefox browsers later on this year. If you're interested in trying out, you can download Firefox Nightly to see how the features work. So I will be leaving a link to this new Firefox browser in today's show notes, which you can find at rightly dot show sixty uh, four. But I also did want to read just a small snippet as well from the Firefox article itself. So Mozilla. Uh, posted a little bit of the thinking behind the new update to the firefox browser and it goes a little bit more in depth on why this is so important so it says anyone who isn't an expert on the internet would be hard pressed to explain how tracking on the internet actually works some of the negative effects of unchecked tracking are easy to notice namely eerily specific targeted advertising and a loss of performance on the web However, many of the harms of unchecked data collection are completely opaque to users and experts alike, only to be revealed piecemeal by major data breaches in the near future. Firefox will, by default, protect users by blocking traffic, uh, by blocking tracking, while also offering a clear set of controls to give our users more choice over what information they share with sites. Over the next few months, we plan to release a series of features that will put this new approach into practice through three key initiatives. Number one, improving page load performance. Tracking slows down the web, and they refer to that study again, and they say uh, long page load times are detrimental to every user's experience on the web. For that reason, we've added a new feature in Firefox Nightly that blocks trackers that slows, uh, slows down page loads we will be testing this feature using a shield study in september If we find that our approach uh, performs well we will start blocking slow loading trackers by default in firefox uh, 63. number two removing cross-site tracking in the physical world users wouldn't expect hundreds of vendors to follow them from store to store again we just recap that in the previous article and it goes on it says in the order in order to give users help uh, the private a web browsing experience they expect and deserve, Firefox will strip cookies and block storage access from third-party tracking content. We've already made this available on our Firefox nightly users to try out, and we'll be running a Shield study as well on this to test the experience with some of our beta users in September. We aim to bring this protection to all Firefox users in Firefox 65, and we'll continue to refine our approach to provide the strongest possible protection while preserving a smooth user experience. Uh, And the third reason, which I thought was also quite important to web browsing in general, is number three, they said... Migrate or mitigating harmful practices. Deceptive practices that invisibly collect identifiable user information or degrade user experience are becoming more common. For example, some trackers fingerprint users, a technique that allows them to uh, invisibly identify users by their device properties and which users are unable to control. So if you've ever seen an advertisement out there that knows you're on an iPhone or on an iPad or on some sort of specific device, it's because they're fingerprinting and collecting that information in order to be able to advertise to you based upon that information, information that you probably didn't know that you're giving them. So The article continues and it says, other sites have deployed crypto mining scripts that silently mine cryptocurrency on the user's device. Practices like these make the web a more hostile place to be. Future versions of Firefox will block these practices by default. So they go on in the article explaining the reasoning behind why they're doing this, but I think a lot of it's pretty self-explanatory. The bottom line is that, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it's just a big practice by a lot of companies to collect information and data on users, and it's really neat to see Firefox taking a really active step against that. Uh, So like I said, uh, Firefox does not currently have this. Uh, they're testing it right now, and a lot of these features are available in something called Firefox Nightly. So I'm going to leave, like I said earlier, I'm going to leave a link to that in today's show notes. And they also do have a version of Firefox, which I've just recently begun working with myself, um, that's available for iOS. I'm assuming it's available for Android as well. I haven't checked that yet, uh, but I've been testing uh, this particular version of Firefox, it's called Firefox focus. And again, I'll leave a link to this in today's show notes. And the big reason is because it's got ad blocking built into it, which is just amazing. Uh, it works really well. I don't know if you've ever had issues with trying to get uh, ad blockers to work from a mobile device. I have, there's a third party app I've used that tries to filter out and block everything, but this one works pretty seamlessly. Uh, So the ad blocking built into this works pretty well. Supposedly this new version of Firefox to which they are referring Firefox nightly will have some ad blocking built into it as well. Um, So uh, even if privacy isn't all that important to you, even if you just want a really good web experience and you're just sick and tired of ads, uh, these browsers are definitely going to be worth checking out. Um, So great Uh, update that they're going to be making to Firefox. Definitely want to check out this new mobile version of Firefox as well. And I'm going to leave a link to uh, to both of these in today's show notes, which again is rightly.show slash 64. Become a Rightly subscriber and never miss a thing. Go to rightly.show slash subscribe to get the latest tools, resources, videos and more. Best of all, it's free. Rightly.show slash subscribe. Okay, so all of this talk about ads and privacy and everything else leads me up to another topic that I will be diving into in future episodes, but I thought it would be worth talking about a little bit today, which is the whole concept of interruption marketing. So we see this all the time, right? If you're trying to watch a video on YouTube, you have to wait four to five, sometimes up to 15. I've even had a two minute long ad that has to play before you are able to watch the video. Uh, we have this in TV and radio is rife with things that are being advertised to us against our will, essentially. They're things that you have to put up with in order to get to the content you're trying to watch. You've given, Maybe you've been to a news website and you try to... Uh, read an article but you have to allow an autoplay video to sit there and play in the sidebar for 15 seconds before you are able to actually read the content that you're trying to access we just kind of put up with these things as we're trying to navigate the web and so that's part of the reason why i think it's really neat that firefox is taking an active approach to try and mitigate some of these for no other reason than the the web just to have a better user experience But one of the reasons I wanted to highlight this as well, uh, isn't necessarily just for us as web users, but to put the shoe on the other foot as people who are trying to build a brand on the web to learn what not to do. Because these people who are putting uh, before you an ad before a YouTube video, they're essentially interrupting what you're trying to do with their product. They're essentially annoying you in order to sell you something that you may or may not want. Maybe you do like the actual product and, or service that they're offering. I can't tell you the number of times I've actually been on a website and I've been frustrated with the user experience and there's actually been an ad for a product I may actually be interested in, but completely skip over it, disregard it, toss it aside, could, couldn't care less about the product simply because of the method they use to try to put it before me as a web user. So that's something that we can really learn from. The old way of marketing never really was a particularly useful or practical way of marketing to begin with, which is interrupting people or annoying people with what we do. There's a much better way to actually get our message or get what we're trying to create or promote before people in today's internet age. You don't have to create a banner ad to tell people about what you do. The best way to get attention for the products and the services that you offer, is to deliver value. So you may have heard this before, I think it gets touted quite often amongst the many, you know, various circles in the internet marketing realm. But it's true, there's a big aspect of just delivering value to people of genuinely wanting to help and to serve people with what you do and with what you can offer, can make Endless amount of difference and impact on the people you're trying to reach. So this doesn't have to be the normal method of just starting a blog and writing a post a day. It can be through doing YouTube videos. It can be doing through uh, Instagram stories. It can be a number of different avenues and methods to doing it. Uh, but delivering genuine value of getting permission. Uh, this is what Seth Godin and other marketers like to refer to as um, as being enrolled and actually gaining enrollment of people who are wanting to hear from you, then to provide, uh, you know, services and products that actually meet those needs. And I think this is where a lot of new bloggers or people who are creating, you know, sites on the web, they start to fall into this trap thinking that I have to interrupt or I have to annoy people into buying into what I'm trying to sell or the idea that I'm trying to spread. This is why you go to so many websites or blogs these days and you start to scroll down the page, you're starting to get a little bit of interest in what they provide. And then all of a sudden a pop-up shows up that asks you to subscribe to their newsletter. For what reason you don't know, but it's just, it interrupts what you're trying to do. So one of the things I've tested so many different sites and different plugins and different pop-ups and different things. And the number one thing I always have learned that has been a reoccurring theme through all these years has been putting yourself in the shoes of the people who are visiting the site that you're trying to build. So this is one of the big lessons that I've learned throughout the course ever since I began my own business and I've worked with clients who are building businesses of their own. It comes down to delivering real and tangible value. One of the measuring sticks that I like to hold up whenever I'm creating something. And sometimes I fall short of this. Sometimes uh, I live up to it, but it's it's where I always like to aim when it comes to creating any type of content. And that is my goal is to create content, whether that's here on the podcast or whether that's free courses that I offer or eBooks or videos or whatever it is, the thing that I'm creating. I want to create it at a level or put enough effort into it that it would be something for which other people would charge. And that's always the goal. Like I said, fall short of that many times. However, but that's the goal. That's what I'm aiming for. And that's the same thing that you can apply to your own business that you're creating. Whether you're creating, like I said, an ebook or a video or whether you've got you know a free guide or a course that you're bringing people through. That's what it takes to stand out in the midst of interruption marketing and mediocre work. Create work that you would typically charge for. And then the thing that you do charge for later on, make that such a home run that people are willing and ready to pay you for that particular product or service that you are creating. So I realize that this sounds like a lot of work, it is. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it or tell you that this is something that you can do overnight. Realistically, it's not. There's a reason why advertisers continue to interrupt people with banner ads and with videos that play before uh, youtube videos it's not necessarily uh because it works it's because uh it's something that you can pour a ton of cash into and theoretically is just a silver bullet it's just something that you can pour a ton of cash into and instantly work It never has worked. It still doesn't work. That's why Super Bowl ads don't actually produce revenue. They're a huge loss. The reason is because it's marketing to everyone, and therefore it's marketing to no one. The big advantage we have here on the web is that we can find a small niche of people Uh, who we specifically appeal to who we can reach and help with our message and with what we create and make a real and lasting impact so like i said i'm going to be talking a whole lot more about this specific ways that you can reach your audience that you don't have to interrupt people in order to reach them in order to make a real and lasting impact so hopefully you found this useful as always we always do appreciate it if you hop on over to apple Podcasts and leave us a review we do appreciate that like i said before I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Until then, go out there and create a brand that is truly rightly designed. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.